On Macquarie Radio NTS, this is What's Cooking with Merida Conway, bringing you a tasty assortment of all things food and wine. Coming up on What's Cooking, we're going to be chatting to Scott Pickett, chef extraordinaire. Also, Aidan Graham from the Sensory Lab and winner of the Australian Tea Brewers Cup. We'll be having a chat about spiced rum from the Rum Diaries, Hamish Gunatalica. Also, Lakali Coffee's Lokali Art Project, which is fantastic with Adam Wright. And we'll be answering your curly questions. Guess who's coming to dinner with Nerida Conway. And thanks for listening to What's Cooking on Macquarie Radio NTS. I'm Nerida Conway. And sitting with me in the studio is an all-round great bloke, Scott Pickett, one of the best chefs that you'll ever, you know, experience his food. And if you haven't, why not? Because there is so many choices now with you. Yeah, there is, Nerida. How are you going, all I'm right? good. I'm good. Now, it's not often that I open my show saying to one of my guests, why aren't you wearing your dress today? <laughs> Well, I left it in my school locker, literally in the locker at the New Delhi on Saturday and asked the boys to bring it down and they forgot. So I'm going to go and get it afterwards and then prance around in it all day. Now, do you want to explain to our listeners why you'll be wearing a dress today? Look, a friend of mine, Pierre Roloff, great pastry chef in Melbourne, approached me uh, about a month ago and said, look... There's this, there's this fundraiser that I'm sort of part of. I want to get a few people on board. Mm-hmm. You know, would you like to wear a dress? And I was like... And you're like, yes, finally! Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm a big, hairy, normal knockabout bloke, but... A bit of breeze up there of, every now and then. Yeah, it's probably I know. a nice thing. A bit of, you know, <laughs> Fresh air. I'm going to leave that one right alone, actually. Uh, you know, you know, don't sail too close to the breeze, but... <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, I was kind of excited. And then when I found out that it was a school dress and I didn't actually get to go shopping and choose a little colour ensemble, I was slightly disappointed. Awful. So they just issued you a dress? So they issued a dress. So look, we had a photo shoot last week. Hang on, Um, hang on. Where does the money go? What's uh, the point? The money goes to some fantastic young girls. It's about supporting young girls, school girls in Africa um, and helping them get an education. So for every $300 that we raise each, yep. then one girl goes to school for a whole year. Oh, that is absolutely awesome. And so that's the sort of school dress, do it in a dress, yes. sort of tongue-in-cheek sort of okay. stuff. Uh, so I think at the moment we're at about 12500 for all of us. That's great. Um, look, I think I'm lagging behind. I'm only about four or 500 But okay. I know, so there's Pierre Roloffs, uh, there's Jesse Gurner from Bomber and from Anada, <laughs> there's Benjamin Cooper, who's a big oh. boy. Oh, been a dress. No. Danny Vallant, yeah. I think it's only been about 10 years well, since she, she was in school She can't dress. wear a dress. Well, she's a girl. She's, yeah, she's a girl. But there were a couple of females okay. that just wanted to get on support anyway. Okay. But it was more about the boys doing it in a dress. Yeah. But we let a couple of girls in too to help so out. So you finally get to live your dream as being a schoolgirl fantasy for someone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it might be reverse, but I don't know. But uh, yeah, it takes me back to... Yeah, my 16, 17-year-old days, nice to enjoy looking at girls in dresses. And in all honesty, if you were a 16, 17-year-old boy and you saw yourself in a dress back then, would you just like go, probably not my type? I'd be horrified. <laughs> Although I have got a couple of tweets. There's a bit of stuff going on social media and Instagram and stuff about uh, how I remind some of my chef mates of certain girlfriends they had over the years <laughs> in their latter years in high school. So I don't know what kind of rough ones they were dating back there. but uh, Hairy ones, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, hairy ones. Like that. <laughs> you know, steroids in the late 90s. Oh, so look, you get asked to do a lot of, I guess, being you know, being higher profile personality. You get asked to do a lot of different charity things. Mm. And how do you sort of cap it? Because you don't want to sound like you're. I mean, for people who don't know, I mean, Scott Pickett, 
you know, his, you've been on television, you've had your own series, you've got extremely successful restaurants popping up, you know, another one we're, we're going to talk about today as well. But, um, you know, because of that profile obviously comes people wanting you to do things mm, for mm. them, charity things, and you, you simply can't say yes to everything. No, you're exactly right, Nerida. And, that's and you a, don't want to seem like a jerk no, by saying no. No, that's a conversation and a sort of business decision and a personal decision that about two and a half, three years ago mm. that I went through that process because I was getting... Uh, I was getting bombarded with them. Mm, and mm, look, mm. if you wanted to do the circuit, then I could do a charity event every fortnight. But I like to spend time in my restaurant. And don't forget about your kids' schools. Yeah, yeah, like kids all the schools. And that's and... just, well, yeah, I forgot about the schools. We do the mm. fate every year too. Yeah. We do a sort of pop up there at, uh, at the kids' fate, which is good. But I sort of limited it to four or five now. Mm. And I decided that I wanted to align myself with ones that meant something to me or that I had a long association with. So yeah. now I do uh, the Stroke Foundation every year. Yeah. Uh, my grandfather had a stroke and I unfortunately found him um, mm. when I was five. Oh. So, and so that's something that we lived with as a family for yeah. 30 years. Yeah. My mother, my brother really, really affected all of us. So that one's close to my heart. Mm. Uh, we do Dinner with the Angels that I've done for about 11 or 12 years now. Um, that's through sort of Anglicare, that one. And I'm assuming that's not Victoria's Secret Angels that turn up. Cause... No, unfortunately no. not. No. <laughs> Just no, the angels are the hairy men in uh, school dresses. Right. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, and then I do Eat Street every year at the Sofitel. Again, that's one that I've been involved with for about 14 or that's 15 fantastic years. fantastic event, yeah. So I do those three mainly, yeah. and then I leave myself room for one or two throughout the year. And that's still, you know, that's almost bi-monthly, you know, where you're doing one. Because it's a lot of pre- preparation for each it's one. It's a lot of preparation. Some of them can be dinners for up to three, four, five, six hundred people. Yeah. And there's a massive expense that comes to a small business like that too. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. You know, what I can give is my time and my effort and my knowledge for things too mm. and, uh, you know, showing off my great calves as well. Too. Well, that's always a, a just an absolute dream come true for all of mm. us. Mm. <laughs> um, a little question. When you do the school fate, yep. do you have sort of Mavis and Doris and other mothers instructing you on... I'll give because you there tips. is a system. Oh, yeah. Oh, there is yeah. a system when you're making hot dogs yeah, and when yeah, you're doing yeah. a sausage sizzle at a school yeah. fate. There's always kind of a, a bossy organiser. Everyone's an expert. I've got to pull my head down at <laughs> the school. And especially if they don't know you. Yeah, and I get And they a think bit... you're just some gormless dad who needs mm. a bit of instruction. <laughs> I think, you know, normally you my wife sort of, you know, normally my wife hovers quite around and then sort of says to me, look, you can't say that. Don't swear. Don't eyeball it. Calm down. You can't, no, you can't go and headbutt Doris over there because she, like, I get a little bit of, look, in kitchens and I'm probably a little bit more relaxed these days, but I've suffered from white line fever all my life, whether it be on the footy field, cricket pitch or in the kitchen. So as soon as the jacket's on and the apron's on, that's it. I'm just like red rag to a bull, you know? So, uh, like, I actually forget that I'm in the playground <laughs> by the, you know, monkey bars. And they're $2 a pop. And they're $2 a pop and it's all going to charity and it's fun. And my wife's like, enjoy the event. I'm like, I'm going to absolutely. <laughs> because own, you don't you know. put the mustard on before you put this. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The yeah, yeah. And I start bollocking the boys from the restaurant that are helping me and I'm running around. My wife's like, what are you doing? Can you just relax and come down? I'm like, nah, that's it. We're going to smash out these 800 hot dogs in there and a half. Let's go. <laughs> So uh, yeah, then I normally get pushed out of the uh, out of the box, the tent for five minutes to have a breather and a Fanta, and then come back and I can help with the sausage sizzle. I'm amazed yeah. they give you Fanta. That would probably just razz you up. I would yeah, have thought. Yeah, it does. But look, I'm no alright on the orange, but the red stuff's pretty high maintenance, you know. <laughs> so, oh, that is too funny. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, time and a place for everything, though. <laughs> so 
you'll be going back today. You'll be getting yeah. your frock out. Yeah, frock out, prepping yeah, for Caulfield, getting yeah. everything ready today, the boys. I've got another pictures. idea for you before yeah. we wrap. You've got to get everyone, all the other chefs, yeah, to sign to it like year 12. That's like what we year said. 12 yeah, when you graduate. Yeah, and auction year 12, it. I think. Yeah, yeah, great idea. Auction it. Great idea. Sweat and all. Yeah, okay. Unwashed. Someone will like that. Maybe unwashed. Maybe it's yeah, just, you know, there are weirdos yeah, out there. Yeah, so there are strange men and women out there. <laughs> Oh, Scotty, thanks for coming in to chat to us. Cheers, Nerida. Thanks very much. (laughs) You're listening to What's Cooking, Macquarie Radio, NTS. You're listening to What's Cooking with Nerida Conway on NTS. Hello, and you're listening to What's Cooking on Macquarie Radio NTS. I'm Nerida Conway. I'm sitting next to a man this morning whose name is Aidan Graham from the Sensory Lab, and you are the winner of Australian Tea Brewers Cup. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Now, I've got to say, Aidan, when I saw you, I had a little bit of a shock because I know it's a stereotype, but I thought tea, you'd be sort of... Not an old man, but I thought you'd be much older. You're like a baby. How old are you? Uh, just turned 21. What is a 21-year-old even doing drinking tea? Don't you know it stunts your growth? <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess I don't drink much booze, so I needed something to, to drink. Okay. Um, how, did yeah. you, how did you become winner of Australia Tea Brewers Cup? Well, I've kind of just always been into tea at home, mm-hmm. yeah, just something to drink at home. And then my what boss... What sort of tea did you start off with? You know, your, your good old Lipton's? And... Oh, everyone starts with that yeah. when you're young. And then I guess <laughs> one day I kind of thought, you know, there's got to be something more than just tea in a tea bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of started reading more, read on the internet, talk to a few people, that kind of thing. It's a bit of a rabbit hole. And then, you know, next thing you know, you're ordering... Lots of fancy tea off the internet and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, and then as far as the competition goes, my boss kind of just forwarded me an email about the competition and said, do you want to do this? And I was like... And what? tell us about the competition because I'd never heard of it before. I'd never heard of it. It's the, year, the first year this year as well. So basically there's two days, like two different rounds. The Where first, is it held? It was at the Fine Food uh, Expo. In okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first day is basically everyone gets given an unknown tea. Right. Um, and you, just, you have 10 minutes basically to try and figure out what it is, and then so it could be like rose hip and chamomile, and like three or four different things mixed no, it's, together. It's more the focus is more on kind of like Chinese or Taiwanese specialty Ooh. teas, so less about like herbal infusions and stuff, and more okay. just yeah, straight tea. Okay, yeah, so everyone kind of has to try and figure out the What's teas and then present it to the judges as well. Try and make it taste as good as you can and better than everyone else. But how? I mean, how can you make tea taste better? Like, I mean, don't you just dangle a bag in water? <laughs> I mean, that's one way. <laughs> Trying to belittle what you do that's at all. Way. I'm no, trying to right. learn. I mean, it's one of those things. If you if you don't know about it, then you don't know about it. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I don't it depends, know about it. I it depends a... uh, on the type of tea. There's like lots of different styles of processing mm. and material that can be used. So, I mean, obviously, if you brew it for longer or at a hotter temperature, or you yes. use more or less tea, it's going to affect the flavour pretty dramatically. Okay. Uh, so you kind of got to play around with all of those variables. Now, the thing is, though, everyone likes their tea differently. I like tea strong. I don't want to have to help it out of the cup because it's so weak. Yeah. Right? I, I can't stand, and I'm talking about your your stock standard, yeah. you know, your Lipton's, let's just say, and they're not a sponsor, so I'm just, I'm just <laughs> using them as an example. Yeah. But I like it really dark with a tiny dash of milk, yeah. whereas my best friend loves it so milky that I want to, it's just revolting. It's like yeah. dishwater to me. There's no flavour. It's so variable. Yeah, it is very, I guess it's like coffee as well. Everyone has kind of develops a personal yeah, preference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's ways to make that happen. So how can you make people happy by <laughs> when everyone wants something so different all the time? I guess it's just you got to figure out uh, as you go what okay. they want. What's classed as the perfect cup of tea? Um, What's your perfect cup of tea? I guess at the moment it's just one that I've made myself. What is it? Well, I, I'm always drinking different tea. I pretty much never drink the same tea more than a few times because mm. I'm always getting kind of samples or you know deliveries. I like to drink 
to taste new things or okay. try interesting stuff rather than always drink drink the same tea. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite today? Today? <laughs> well, recently I've been drinking, I got these uh, little mini oranges yeah. that were stuffed with tea and then fermented. What? <laughs> Sounds what? crazy. Do you mean mini oranges? Do you mean kumquats? Uh, basically, it's just they pick it when it's really young. Right. So it's quite, oh, okay. Quite small. Uh, hollow Gosh. it out. Put some tea in there, and then they ferment the whole thing together. So you end up wow. with this kind of like cough drop, kind of dark tea wow. with a bit of orange going on. It's pretty interesting. That's amazing, and it's it's quite fun. it's quite funny how different people perceive different flavors and tastes. And yeah. uh, I mean, I'm just going off topic at the moment, but gin, for example, yeah. I um. I love having gin with tonic and grapefruit. Yeah. And I had that the other day. And my girlfriend was over and she hates gin. And she had a swig and she said, oh, my gosh, how can you drink something that tastes like hand sanitizer? <laughs> I guess <laughs> and I it's thought it's just, so funny yeah. how people, you know, their descriptions can be so different. Like you were just saying fermented orange and I'm thinking rotting school bag. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking like... <laughs> Cough lozenger. Yeah, sort of yeah, 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 yeah. That's funny. So, in the Chinese tea range, because I actually grew up in Hong Kong. All right. There so, you I go. drank a lot of, of Chinese tea. And it seems to me in Australia that um, Australians drink a lot of, you know, good old jasmine tea, which yeah. is beautiful and fragrant and lovely. This yeah. is not dissing it. It's place, especially it in place. summer. Yeah. Um, but I love some of the more, uh, you know, adventurous. Adventurous. Yeah. Teas sure. that well, they're not even they're just stock standard in Hong Kong. Yeah, it's but just, they're very very good for digestion. Is this true or is this a fallacy? Uh, I mean, the health benefits thing is kind of something I try to avoid as much as possible. Okay, it's so controversial, um, but potentially. I mean, so there's a category of teas, uh, pu'ers, like second post secondary ferment fermentation teas. Okay, um, they could potentially have. Uh, bacteria and fungus and things like that, which may or may not be beneficial. Okay. So, who knows? <laughs> You're a fence-sitter if ever I've heard one. <laughs> I just try to be neutral. You know? Okay. So, tell me just quickly, what is the sensory lab and what can people find when they go there? Well, so we're a coffee company um, in various ways. We import green coffee, we roast and supply wholesale coffee, and we have a few venues around the city. Awesome. Um, we've just opened a new shop on 30 Collins Street on the other end of the city. Any um, interstate? Um, not currently. Okay. No, but we supply wholesale around the country. Okay. Um, right. So you're Melbourne-based, but you do send and yep. you are possibly going to expand. Yeah, we've okay. got a um, we've got a store in Jakarta, which we opened this year as well. Um, awesome, because we're part of the Saint Ali family, ah. like a larger group. Uh, yeah, but, but you uh, obviously have tea there as well. Yeah, so we've mm. got tea um, obviously at all the venues, mm. um, and I'm trying to make it less of an afterthought, okay, um, and more of a I guess a secondary focus, okay, so that people can come and have a good tea if they don't drink. Coffee. So they walk in there, and can they say to you, "Oh, I want some tea that that you know makes my skin better"? <laughs> no. Or something, and what would you say to them? I would say, I'm not Go sure that Clarisil. I have. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe some Clarisil. <laughs> Probably doesn't taste as good as tea, though. <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> some teas. You, you have to try it first. You know? And do you? So, will you advise people about selling different teas to them, or how does it work in there? So, yeah, in the the new shop, for example, mm. um, I've got a whole bunch of Chinese teas that I've mm. imported, which I can make for people. Mm. Um, generally, stuff that you can't really find anywhere else. Okay. Um, as well as kind of a few better versions of your stock standard kind of stuff, like a milk tea, oh, um, okay. which kind of tastes, you know, a bit more high quality, that kind of stuff. Oh, excellent. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to pop down to the sensory lab and I'm going to try some of your Chinese teas and I'll tell you what I think. 
Good. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Aidan, thank you so much for coming in to chat to us. Oh, good. This has been Aidan Gra- Graham, who's the winner of the Australian Tea Brewers Cup from Sensory Lab, and you're listening to What's Cooking, Macquarie Radio NTS. Now, it's my shout with Nerida Conway. And welcome back to What's Cooking on Macquarie Radio NTS. I'm Nerida Conway. And in the studio with me now is Hamish... <laughs> Gunatelica. <laughs> Gunatelica. Um, Hamish is a very good friend of mine and he also is the owner of Rum Diaries, among another few different venues. Most importantly, though, he's a spiced rum guru. First of all, Hello. Hi, hi, Nerida. <laughs> Look, honestly, I don't like rum in the past. I've, I've it's just not my thing. And for those who don't know, uh, Hamish has got um, Rum Diaries, which is an awesome, really laid back bar in um, very trendy Brunswick Street in Fitzroy. So when I was in Rum Diaries the other night, having a few drinks with my girlfriend, um, you came over to have a chat, and you said, "Have you tried our rum?" Now I like rum in cocktails. Let's mm-hmm. be clear. I love a good. What did I have, a pina colada or something? Pina coladas, daiquiris, mai tais. Yeah. Pina colada's good because, you know, it's got protein, egg. It's very healthy. Pineapple. <laughs> oh, so it's got the, uh, it's got a bit of coconut <laughs> cream in there. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. Basically, spiced rum on its own is, is something I've never even tried before. But um, I had a little taste and it was honestly an absolute light bulb moment for me. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was literally, I know it's really corny to say this because it's called spiced rum, but the spices in it were so fragrant and really made my taste buds explode. Mm-hmm. And stunned and amazed to know that you make it yourself. How on earth did you become the rum king? <laughs> Which is now my new name for you. Oh, thank you very much. Wouldn't quite call myself a rum king. <laughs> Let's I'm go with de- it. Definitely a lover, lover of rum. But I guess, I guess it's all happened really organically mm. out of the bar. We were always making our own spiced rum uh, from day one. We've made lots of homemade ingredients. And now, when you say we from day one, what was your first? Uh, I've got pictures, visions of you. I don't know at home kind of as a teenager, sort of peeling potatoes and boiling them up. And mm. I don't know. I mean, how, how did you, how does one go about starting to make your own alcohol? We, we actually take a, a finished product from Trinidad and Tobago. Mm-hmm. So a couple of years ago, I did a trip to the Caribbean, yep. uh, went around the islands. And, oh, so that um, was work, was it? Of course it was work. <laughs> but um, yeah, really fell in love with, with rum mm. even more than I was before and went to the, went to the origins of it. Yeah. And um, so then when sourcing, sourcing the rum for this, we went to the home of rum, the Caribbean, and um, we got our base product from there. And then we bring it to Australia and yep. we spice it here in Australia. How do you do that? Do you just kind of chuck it in a vat and put in cloves? And <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been it's been a bit of a learning process, and, and you know, there's been a lot of trial by error. It's taken. I mean, the bar is three and a half years old now. Yeah. So over that time, we've changed it and amended it. And we're trying to, and then now we're bringing in Australian native spices into it. So we're using um, uh, wattle seed wow. as well. We've experimented with lemon myrtle, pepperberry, uh, anise myrtle. But, you know, we'd like to bring some more Australian spices into it. Gosh, but um, it's, it's a bit that. of a trial by, by error, I guess, to, to get where it is now. But the whole preface was that uh, customers started coming to us and saying, this is an awesome product. Yeah. Can we buy some to take home? And just really organically from there, we started offering it for sale online on our website. And then we did a crowdfunding campaign. I went out to other bars and did sold that to work? them. Yeah, we raised about 25000 Oh, which was that's so amazing. good. And uh, now we've got a distributor on board, and it's really been a nice organic process. So Gosh, you're we're so looking clever. to expand it's... it and um, 
of course, we have the original here, and I actually have a bottle for you here, Nerida. So oh, I'm bring it on. You can hear the cork You know, popping. I really hate this part of my job, that I have to actually taste things on, oh, gosh, that's a good slug you've given me. <laughs> it is only like 10.30 in the morning, but not in the Caribbean. No, and that's in a coffee cup as well, so I no one know. will actually know. So when I smell it, oh, my gosh, I can smell citrusy sort of tones. So in, in here, the, the major spices, oh, we've got clove, beautiful. cardamom, star anise, fresh orange, fresh ginger. Yep. Definitely um, can smell the ginger. white pepper and black pepper. Oh my gosh. There's coffee, uh, the wattle seed. Coffee? Yes. Co- whole coffee beans. Wow. So what we want to do is create a really full body, delicious, flavoursome spice drum. Let now, me this, tell you to our listeners. Not, it's not sugary and it's not overly sweet. And that's that's a really important fact. I agree. And also, unlike anything else along these lines, which you'd have to sort of add to something, yep. you'd have a mixer, which you could. Mm. This with some ice, or with even without if you're not an ice fan, mm-hmm. would be stunning by itself. And you wouldn't need a lot. No. And that's because we've taken a five-year-age base product. So this is a sipping quality product to start with oh. from Trinidad and Tobago. And then we're using all natural spice infusion process. There's no nothing artificial in there. It's all natural infusion process. Oh, and the flavour. So, so as I've swallowed it, it's got the beautiful not, – it's not actually like – you know, some rums strip the palate off you and you feel like you're breathing fire like a dragon. <laughs> this um, is just a beautiful warming sensation. It's not too over the top. It's really Christmassy. Is it's what a lot of people, really Christmassy. <laughs> everyone said we should be making uh, eggnog with it. Well, I feel like you could serve it warm. <laughs> yeah, and also uh, like some Christmas cake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we might do that for a Christmas hamper, could you, maybe. Could you, um, oh my gosh, as you swallow it, it's, as I say, it's just got this really rich, clovey, every single flavour that you just said, like warm ginger and orange. It's just stunning, Hamish. It is stunning. What about if you warmed it up and did it like a mould one for Christmas? 100%. We've used No, no, this... no. Don't pretend you thought of it. <laughs> Thank you, Nora. <laughs> no, we, we, we actually use it in winter in a, uh, a mould cider. Oh, yum. That'd be amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. How much of this are you producing and are you sending it around the country? Uh, currently, so we're up to batch 10. Mm. Uh, the batch has started as, you know, 30 bottles in yeah. a batch. This last batch is the largest we've done and that's in a, that's uh, 2,500 bottles. Yep. But that's as large as we're going to get. Okay. Uh, we're currently distributing to Melbourne, Adelaide and Perth. Right. And in the very foreseeable future, as in the next couple of months, we'll be going up to Sydney and Brisbane. Wow, so that's really, exciting. Really that. mm. But in the meantime... Um, can people order it online and do you sell? Oh, 100%. Like, we're at a lot of the best bars around Melbourne, Adelaide and Perth, uh, also all the boutique bottle shops. So, oh, good. Uh, the, the small independents, we're not, not in the mass market as yet. Yep. Uh, because That's okay. We just want to... Good things are worth exactly. seeking just out. Exactly. Just do it, do it the nice way. So, yeah. um, you'll definitely, you know, when you go to your, your best or your favourite bar, please ask for it and uh, see if they have it on the shelf behind you. Oh, gosh. And also, people can go to your bar. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You can also get it online on the on the Rum Diary site if you yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We've so actually... please give out your email address to our listeners so that they can track you down. Yeah, certainly. So it's uh, hamish uh, at rumdiarybar.com.au. Oh, that's your personal email address. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, it is. Aren't you lucky? And he's also, although you have got a girlfriend, but he is also absolutely divine. So, <laughs> you know. If you like the sound of Hamish, <laughs> he comes with rum. <laughs> I do come with rum. I want to say we've got something. We've got something very interesting. Something else that we've just started at the Rum Diary yeah. Bar, which is a, a rum club. 
Ooh. So people who love rum, um, instead of purchasing one bottle of rum, which is worth approximately $80 at retail price, yes. for that subscription, yep. we post three 200ml samples Ooh, to your all door. All different or the same? All different. Yeah, all different. So you get to try different rums, and then if you like one rum in particular, then we'll send you the full bottle that at 15% off idea. retail price. And is it? Do you, is there a fee for the subscription? Yes, there is. So the subscription Ongoing starts, or one-off? No, it's ongoing. Ongoing. So if you sign up for a six-month subscription, you get 5% off right. with a hip flask of Spice Rum in addition, yep. and 12 months, you get a full bottle of Spice Rum and 10% off the subscription oh, I price. I love it. It's like a wine so club, but rum. It's exactly exactly like that. Wow. And I love the idea of, of being sent different ones to try, because you just wouldn't know what to buy. Well, I mean, exactly. I wouldn't know. I would never... If there was a gun to my head, I would never have said to you, can I have some of that spiced rum? But now, I will go into your bar, and I will order some of that straight up because it's beautiful. I, I love it. And, and in fact, I feel like this particular one, it's almost a little bit of a shame to, to mix it up and put it into a cocktail. Well, next, next time you're in, we'll, think... we'll do a little flight. Yes! So we'll give you a few different spice drums as well. Is that a thing? <clears throat> yes, it do? is. Oh yeah, we, do, we do rum flights because we're about celebrating love rum. It. So it's about the differences between them. You know, and, and really enjoying that. Do you do rum appreciation classes? Uh, at the end of every month, we do different masterclasses. Oh. So this month, we're actually doing a tiki masterclass. So learning about the history and tiki cocktails that you can make at home. Wow. And also how to do all those amazing garnishes for your spring and summer parties. Oh, my gosh. And this is an awesome Christmas present, just by the way. Okay, I'm just... Jump online, you can buy gift vouchers and all this stuff. Please email me. We're more than happy to help out. And have you got a bottle to give away to one of our lucky listeners? Of course we do. (laughs) How exciting. Or leave and sign it. Oh, my goodness. All right, to win a bottle, get on to whats-cooking.com.au and click on the win page and tell us why you would like to try some of Hamish's rum and we will pick one lucky winner and send it out to you. (laughs) And um, you're a lucky winner in life, Hamish. It's been a delight to have you in. Unreal. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for telling us about your beautiful rum. No worries. You're listening to What's Cooking on Macquarie Radio NTS. What's New with Nerida Conway. Hello and welcome to What's Cooking. I'm Nerida Conway and I'm chatting down the line to Adam Wright, who's the National Sales Manager of Lakali Coffee. And uh, Adam, I wanted to chat to you today about the Lakali Art Project. How are you? Good, thank you very much. That's good. When I read about what you're doing with your art project, I was super excited and I really just couldn't wait, I couldn't wait to let our listeners know all about it. Yeah, um, we believe there's a bit of a synergy between uh, art and coffee. There's a, a passion and creativity in both. So um, it seemed like a perfect platform to support budding artists and show their creativity using coffee that was born from passion for Louis Bocali. Now, I think cups of coffee can actually be a work of art themselves, and it is a thing, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. My- any, any decent barista will... Uh, put a lot of love into it. That's right, and especially when it's like a little love heart that appears on a day <laughs> that you're having a flat spot. It's always nice. But yeah. this is not that kind of art. Tell us what it is. So um, basically um, the, the idea was to um, get the customers to go into uh, one of our venues um, and they receive a, a, an art pack with brushes and, and uh, um, sheets to, uh, to paint on. So this is um, anyone? Anyone, yeah. Any, any budding young artist or, or old artist, <laughs> whichever it may be. Um, yeah, and so they receive a risotto and an espresso just to give some different textures to the art and, uh, and basically paint with it, yeah. What do they paint on? Just um, some uh, art-grade paper. So it, w- it was really sort of just a um, – it's quite specific in terms of 
the what the medium will take, and, and it's just basically to paint on that. And some of the uh, some of the art that has come through has been incredible. I, I've just had a quick flick through some of the submissions that people have entered, and they are phenomenal. I can't. Yeah, it's amazing. You'd frame them and sell them for a lot of money, and I hope that that's what you're going to do. That's part of the plan. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, so what we, we're, we're currently doing at the moment is um, just um, have an online auction yep. uh, on eBay. And when is this and, happening? Uh, the, uh, the proceeds of that will go through to Cafe Smart, who uh, um, uh, it's an initiative of Street Smart, where cafes and roasters come together to really sort of support local uh, projects around homelessness. So all the, the funds from each of the states will stay in those states to, to go towards those projects. Now, yeah. how can people bid on these works of art? They jump on the uh, on uh, the eBay store, so it's uh, stores.ebay.com forward slash Locale Art Project. Okay, that's stores, uh, ebaystores.com.au forward slash Locale Art Project. Yes, spot on. And uh, um, when are they available? So that's uh, live until the 31st of October. Okay, and how many uh, are there that people can bid on? There's about roughly 15 to 20, I think. Okay. Yeah, so then, yeah, like I said, there's some fantastic uh, artworks from each state, and uh, I think WA had around about 18 wow. that they entered in themselves, and there was, uh, yeah, some, some crackers in there. Gosh, so what you're saying is that the sand gropers are particularly artistic. <laughs> they seem to be, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, perhaps probably play with their coffee more than they drink it. <laughs> oh, they drink plenty of it too, don't they? <laughs> and are you a big coffee drinker yourself? I am indeed, yes. I'm, uh, I'm currently in Sydney trying some of the Sydney coffee. So oh, that's a fail. I'm sorry. I've got to get... I know that our Sydney listeners are going to hate me for saying this and probably disagree. Bring it on, I say. I like a bit of a bit of argy-bargy every now and then, but I've bit got to... competition? Yes. I, I know that this is a terribly Melbourne snobby thing to say, but honestly, our coffee in Melbourne... Is the bomb. It's pretty hard to beat, I must admit. It is. I've I've got to try and be impartial, but it is. No. I got to the point in Sydney where I was um, doing some work there, which I do frequently, and I actually, (laughs) this is going to be really lame, but I actually took my Nespresso pod machine up with me. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, I did, because the coffee (laughs) near where I was working was so bad. We might have to put you on at some good venues, I think. <laughs> we can't have that. No, it was really bad. And I, you know, I, I was nowhere walking distance near to anything that was remotely decent as yeah. a coffee. So, anyway. Uh, so, what's your favourite way to have a coffee? I'm probably a short macchiato myself. Yes. I don't mind a good espresso as well to wake me up. Okay. So, you're not a milky person, really? Uh, uh, depends on the time of day. I, I sort of change a little bit. I don't mind a, a milk in the morning, but uh, as it gets later in the day, it gets a bit heavy for me. Okay. Now, um, can you tell me the origins of where your coffee comes from? Yeah, so uh, probably our key blend is um, Locali 141, so we, we source from um, Brazil, Tanzania and Ethiopia. So, okay. Um, we have three house blends that we, we sell into premium cafes that are, are really sort of coffee focused, so mm-hmm. yeah, it just uh, provides some different, uh, some different op- options to fit the venue. Okay. Now, just a bit of coffee education for our listeners. You know the different sorts of... I mean, I, I went into um, the Preston Market the other day to get my coffee mm-hmm. beans. Yep. And I was a bit overwhelmed because there were about 30 different varieties mm. and several from Brazil and several yep. from everywhere. Yep. And I just stood there a little bit flummoxed going, I, I, I don't know. I mean, my machine's got a grinder as well. Yep. And it's there's nothing better. But... I mean, what's a good place for someone to start if they're actually going to be choosing beans to grind mm-hmm. up themselves? And I mean, I like a strong 
cup of coffee. I don't want to have to help it out of the cup. Yep. You know. Well, I think I think a lot of it depends. Uh, you know, all the all the coffee company companies nowadays will provide a lot of tasting notes. So, and and that's that's where the, the roasters will come in with the education, and, and it's great. The, the industry itself is fantastic for providing information like that. Mm. So I think the key. But you is can't that, just uh, taste them like you can with wine. Like with wine, I can go, "Oh, can I just have a, a tiny sip of to see if I like it?" But I can't true. do that with beans. <laughs> Uh, well, in, in some ways you can. I suppose that's where, you, you know, you, when you find your favourite cafes and and, uh, and find the coffee you like, that's, oh. that's a lot of the time you'll, you'll be able to source the coffee from those cafes and uh, and buy them. So right. Okay, that's, that's a really that's, good that's tip. It's a key way to, to, to taste and, uh, and get an entry in. Okay. All right. Um, now, what sort of projects, um, specifically just going back to the money that's going to be raised from your Lakali Art Project um, yep. event... What sort of, when you say homeless uh, initiatives, what does that yep. sort of specifically mean? Um, a lot of it's just around sort of um, support projects to, to help them get back on their feet. It may be anything from, um, you know, providing some bedding or, um, or just uh, some, you know, towards shelter. Mm. Um, anything that sort of supports the, the homeless and gives them a, a somewhere to stay or, or you know, some, some, uh, some food on their table. Yeah, yeah, that sounds awesome. There's um, a cafe uh, called Staggerley, actually, right near where I work in Brunswick Street yep. in Fitzroy, and Fitzroy, they do yeah. amazing, amazing ca- coffee. But I love the fact that, you know, there's quite a few homeless people um, and, and you know, mentally ill people kind of wandering around, making adding to the colour and movement of, yeah. of Brunswick Street. Yep. Um, but I love it because, you know, frequently... You'll just have some of them wander into um, this cafe, and they just make them a coffee and hand it to them. Yeah, it's great, and I think so um, you know, yeah, and that, that's sort of that paying it forward sort of thing. And, yeah. and cafe, cafe Smart um, also do a day in early August um, where uh, all, all the supporting cafes will jump on board and donate a percentage of their coffee sales for the day to um, to Cafe Smart, and that's supported by oh, the roasters. So, that's awesome. Um, I think this year they raised around about 160000 on the day, so uh, it costs a lot. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really sort of positive initiative across the coffee industry, and, and it doesn't matter, you know, what coffee you, you're from. Uh, you know, we're all happy to get on board and support yeah. it. So, so. Even if you're a tea drinker. Absolutely. <laughs> Just drink coffee for a day. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Now, I think this is something that you should keep going. I think the art submission should be going all year round. It's just my little personal opinion. Yeah, I think that you should just have like it. it yeah, because, I mean, you know, I just think it's lovely if people can sort of uh, keep uploading their, um, their artworks. There's no reason to stop just because there's a time limit on this project and you might come across a, another pro heart. Absolutely. Well, and the good thing is you, um, on Instagram you can jump on the uh, hashtag Latale Art Project and you'll see some of the other, um, other paintings that haven't necessarily made the final cut. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a real good opportunity to see some of these these people and some of them are budding, you know, well, you know, experienced artists and yeah. some of them are just sort of working their way up the ranks. So it's, it's really good to see the different styles. There's it's some contemporary, there's some gorgeous. Realism. Yeah, it's awesome. It's gorgeous. Well, okay, I, just so you know, I now am looking at the stain on my um, piece of paper that I had my coffee cup rested on in a whole new light. There you go. It's you like Mr. S- do you remember Mr. <laughs> Squiggle back in the day? You're probably too young. But it's uh, like no, Mr. No, no. <laughs> unfortunately. Well, I'm going to treat it like Mr. Squiggle where I'm going to go, ooh, okay, well, I've got a circle with a blob and I'm yeah. going to turn it into something else and then I'm going yeah. to call it art. <laughs> you need Miss Jane. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, look, it's been so lovely chatting to you. 
Yeah, you too. Thank yeah. you, Pat. And uh, thank you so much, Adam Wright from Lakali Coffee. If you would like to find out more, uh, you can Google Lakali. It's locally spelt L-O-C-A-L-E, Art Project. Um, and if you can get on eBay and bid for some of these fantastic pieces of work, um, the money goes to support homeless people initiatives. So thank you so, so much, Adam. Great. Thanks, Nerida. You're listening to What's Cooking. Curly Questions with Nerida Conway and Chef Ian Curley. Welcome back to What's Cooking. I've got Ian Curley from the European Kirk's Wine Bar and French Saloon. How among are you? Other, among other things. Oh, among other. That's just that's just the tip of the iceberg Call with you. For racetrack and Kirk's and yes. the new bar and everything. I'm ticking along at the I moment. don't understand how you have time to live. Do you know what? I don't now get the it. sun's out, Melbourne just looks amazingly oh, beautiful. Melbourne is you know? the best, isn't and it? And I know that you know we're all over Australia at the moment, mm. as you can imagine. Mm. But uh, Melbourne just looks really good in springtime. It really does. Know? And okay. Sydney's beautiful all year round. So Sydney, just give us Melbourne yeah. in spring. In fact, wouldn't it be good if we could move <laughs> Melbourne to Sydney? You know, Melbourne culture wouldn't in it Sydney. Wouldn't it be? And also, if we could put a, t- a touch of Brisbane in there too with the weather and stuff. Oh, well, Sunshine okay. Coast. I'm going to leave that one there. Sunshine Coast. No. <laughs> You're not really a beachy, though. You're not no, really a beach goer. No, not with this body. No. <laughs> we go, I go inland. I go trekking. Okay. <laughs> I go trekking. Hey, just tell us how the Caulfield races have gone. Went well. This year was really good. They've got a new team out there with uh, the senior management. So their thing this year was to bring the food and beverage right up there with. Uh, yeah. Two. And I would have to say, I think it's probably as good as anything in Australia oh. for um, functions and events wise. That's so stuff. good. Well, I have to say, I had a couple of people. I wasn't VIP to be invited enough. Oh, you didn't get the invite. No. Oh, I sent it. Yes, I'm sure Sorry. you did. <laughs> Well, anyway, uh, from afar, I just looked back. I had people texting me during the week saying, Curly has done it again. Oh, we had a good week. And showing me these spectacular food shots. Did lots of charcuterie and cheese and stuff like that. And your chocolate dessert thing looked delicious. Yeah, yeah, it was great. No, we had a really good week and we were very happy with it. Good. You must be knackered now, though. Uh, Yeah, Saturday night was emotional and uh, I recovered (laughs) Sunday, Monday. So, But I actually took 10 days off from the European unpaid just so I didn't have to go back into the European because you can't, you know, you've got your day job. Yeah. But then with the Caulfield, thing I thought I'd take 10 days off so I didn't have to go back into the European and spent a bit more time which yeah, is good because you can't spread yourself too thin no because some of my chefs who are out there they work at European and French Loon as well so yeah. they, they leave around about 2 o'clock so it was good for me to actually stay around and help tidy the fridge and move yeah. things around and yeah, stuff like yeah, that so yeah. that was good Oh, good. Yeah. Now, what have you got coming up? Uh, for, for November, we've got uh, a series of dinners mm. on a Monday night in the private dining room of French Saloon, which holds which 20 is people. Which so beautiful. Yeah, it's a beautiful room. Mm. Uh, it's called Meet the Maker Dinners. They're 130 bucks a head. Uh, that includes the wine, wow. by the way. So That's you sit awesome. down and you actually get to meet some of Australia's best producers. Like like what sort of producers? Uh, you've got James Madden from Flinders Island. Mm. And, uh, what we'll does he be, do? He's, uh, he basically has got Flinders Island lamb and, lamb and the like, but also some great meat and stuff. Like that. Okay. And also on the 14th of November, we've got John Sussman, who is a, f- a seafood guru. And we're tying him up with Ghost Rock Vineyard out of Tasmania with Yum. wines to match. And that will be incredible. It would be remiss of me not to give away two tickets oh. to somebody who comes up with uh, the name of John Sussman's new book. Oh, okay. And believe you me, it, it, it is the book of books about seafood in Australia. Okay, his name... Is John spelt Sussman S U S M A N? Yep. He is the fish head 
Fishman. Yep. yep. If uh, someone can tell us the name of the uh, seafood book that he has produced, it was it is incredible. And email us at team at what's hyphen cooking.com.au. Yep. If you can tell us the name of uh, John Sussman's uh. new book, you will get two tickets. Yeah, we've got two tickets. You can oh, my gosh. For um, you and a friend. Well, the thing with it is it's in Melbourne. I'm not paying you airfare. No. So. <laughs> Let's be clear. Okay. okay. We keep it to Melbourne only. Yeah. Or you could fly to Melbourne at your own expense. Yeah, Still exactly. well and truly yeah. worth it. And so Monday night, the 14th, he's on the 14th. That's so the exciting. 7th, 14th, 21st and 28th. And also, of course, we've got, we've got Fergus Henson coming to Melbourne That's awesome. on the 26th of November. Gosh, you're and a busy big, man. Big night. Yes, that will be a big night. Okay. All right. Well, that's an, that's an absolutely cracking deal. That's right. And I will spruik this for the next four weeks. Okay. I, I shall allow it's it. It's going to be good. So Flinders <laughs> Island first on the uh, 7th of November. Oh, that's so wonderful. And I will be at all of those dinners and talking and spruiking and all that sort of okay. stuff. It'll be great. That sounds wonderful. Okay. Yeah. All right, now we've got to get on to a couple of curly questions because right. we, we can't keep up with them all. No. Um, how do I cook perfectly tender pork chops? I do dry them out, I must say. I do really? have, yeah. I think your oil's probably on too high. Right. So I'll put your pan on, make sure you you don't have to put it on too hot for because yeah. it's all white meat. It's, it's essentially like chicken. Yeah, but mine so, goes quite tough. Yeah, what you got to do is cook it. It's got to be in a hot pan, but not too hot. Because it's very so lean, it's not, actually, yeah, isn't it? Not, yeah. not like steak, so there's nothing to keep it moist. Yeah. So you've got a, a, a medium hot pan. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is that. my thing. I blast it. Yeah, that's near. And then you, once you see the big crust in it, that's, that's not so good. So you okay. want the natural sugars and, and the on the actual meat, the protein to cook. So mm. just slowly... Slow and steady wins the race, but like chicken. Okay, and do you finish it off in the oven or do you like I to don't sear it? Personally, not for a chop because okay. I think if anything but like quite that. quite fat ones you can get, like an, an inch and a half thick. Oh, well, that, that's a bigger chop than I was thinking. Mm. But uh, yes, you could do for that, but also, yeah, not too. 150 slowly. Mm. Uh, people put them on too high and it dries out the meat, so on slow. One of my favourite dishes that you make is your pork coletta. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like a crumbed. Yep. Um, <laughs> it's funny because we always used to think as kids. We don't need anything crumbed because what are they trying to hide? Everything crumbed. It's great. <laughs> but your crumbing is delicious. Yeah. Your crumbing is not crumbing. And also, there's a good tip for everybody. You do it at the last minute. Nobody crumbs and puts it in the fridge. I was going to ask you if you're happy to share with our listeners how yeah. to make this dish. Yeah, absolutely. Just an overview. Yeah. If you get the pork coletta. You, now, what um, does pork coletta mean? Oh, just cutlet. Okay. So, and cutlet, obviously, with the, uh, with the bone. So, yeah. you bash it out a little bit to make it all even. Then you cover it with flour, egg, and breadcrumbs. Yeah. Now, what sort of breadcrumbs? Uh, it's got to be the panko Japanese breadcrumbs. But what we do in the kitchen, and for all pro kitchens, is we use yesterday's herbs. So, oh. all the herbs, the parsley, the chervil, the whole thing, that, I mean, can roast me and all that sort mm. of stuff. Rather than throwing them away, because we don't waste food, we mm. put them into the breadcrumb mix. So the more greener, the the more herbs you've got in there, the better. Yeah, okay. Because yours tastes quite lemony. Yeah, we've got, got a bit of grated lemon in there you? and a touch of parmesan okay. as well. Okay. So oh, that's it. yum. Okay. But the secret to all good crumbing is you do it at the last minute, just before really? you need it. Same with the chicken schnitzel, same with all veal cotolettas, oh. veal, veal schnitzels, the whole thing. Is that because it goes soggy if you leave yeah, it? Yeah, that's it. And also, you want that Christmas, and the mm. Japanese breadcrumbs do that. So, they are so good, panko yeah, crumbs. Yeah, love it. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That's fantastic. Thank They're you. They're clever, those Japanese people. They really are. Yeah, they right, know about food. They invented the Walkman. They invented a lot of things. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. What can I make in a rice cooker besides rice? Sorry? 
What can I make in a rice cooker besides rice? Oh, you know what? There are there are plenty of things that I guess you could do. I mean, you can use it to reheat stuff like soups and stuff like that if they're in a container and stuff. Like that. But I think, I mean, a rice cooker is a rice cooker, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, you can get the risotto rice, which is like um, the pasta things and well, stuff. You could like do that. a risotto. Well, like no, an absorption. No, the whole thing about the risotto is it needs to be in the pan and you sweat it off, and it, and, right. the, and it needs to. Um, release the the starch. Right. Okay. Yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't do it. I don't think. I mean, I guess you could experiment, but I'm not. I'm not. You know what? I don't know. There you go. I'm not. Ooh. I'm not going to say. This is a first. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I, if, if I, you know what I would do, if anything, yeah, I would throw um, in the rice cooker. You could throw some vegetables, and it would help steam the vegetables. Yeah, we could probably do that, that the same time as the rice, couldn't you? Yeah, well, that's right. And also, you know, things like cabbage and stuff. Like that, you could cut them down and then do that, and it would be able to steam it. But I don't think anything. I mean, mm. there's a certain certain release of the uh, air around it and the moisture for and rice. And I feel like don't give some appliances too much hard work to do. Well, that's just, it. Just that's let a rice cooker. I mean, you kind of go, it was a good <laughs> idea at the time, you know. <laughs> My mum swears by a rice cooker. I like them. And I just can't. It always leaves that, you know, they've got the Teflon coating. Yeah. It makes it all gross and weird and hard yeah. and, and sort of yeah. strange around okay. the edge. No, yeah. I prefer the old, good old pan system. Mm-hmm. Don't be all. Just my um, Do you ever, as a chef, do you ever refer to other people's cookbooks or blogs? Absolutely, uh, not not blogs, but uh, I would look at um, I'd look at somebody else's cookbook for sure and rip off their recipes. Uh, everybody copies everybody, <laughs> and there's no there's no point in anybody saying, "Oh no, I'd never copy anybody it's else." It's so anymore. funny when people say, "Oh, this is my recipe," because no, I rubbish. think no, it's not. No, it's not. Everybody copies everybody else. Whether Especially or not when you I see borrow it. some of it and then say, "Okay, that's it," mm. you know, yeah, absolutely. I I never, never directly. Okay. Never never 100%. You might borrow 98% of it. Yeah. Well, I do feel like you did invent smashed avocado on sourdough (laughs) with Vegemite and chili. That is it. That is an approach egg. And the Cobra Mistake olive oil is good. Yeah, that's a, um, Mm. that is a a moment Mm. in, Yeah, I love love it. A a breakthrough moment. My kids still have that now. Well, my mother was listening to one of the episodes where you were talking to our listeners about, you know, avocado Mm. and Vegemite. (laughs) <laughs> on toast and chili flakes. Yeah. And she tried it and mm. she rang up and said, yeah. tell him he's a star. It's so simple, but it's a, an absolute winner. You never told me. Okay. Oh, well, I'm telling you now okay, in front of great. everyone. Thank you. <laughs> okay, well, we've got another 70,000 questions to get through, but that's a start. Okay, let's get into it next week. Then. We'll get into it next week. Okay. All right, well, uh, take care and thank you so much for these tickets we're going to give away to our listeners. Right. Thanks for coming in to chat to us, Curls. My pleasure, Nerida. <laughs> see you next week. We'll see you next week. You're listening to What's Cooking on Macquarie Radio NTS.